0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. Up until now, I've been a podcast series virgin. All of that has changed now because for several months I've been working hard behind the scenes with incredible godly men from all over the United States. I even slid into DMs to ask guys, Beg some of them to be on my podcast. All for you, ladies. That's how much I care about you. Why did I do that? Because I've been compiling the top questions you have been sending me about men and dating for over a year now. Everything from where are all the single men, to does he know if I have a crush on him, to are guys intimidated by strong women, to pretty much everything in between. I figured, you know what, I could answer them, but why not go straight to the source and ask the men. So that's exactly what I did. So welcome to the very first Refined Collective podcast series that I have done. It's all about the dudes. I will be rolling out this series of interviews over the next month that I hosted with some of the most solid married and single godly men in the U.S. So get your notepads and journals out, ladies. We are having some real talk, and I have a feeling you are going to be encouraged, challenged, inspired, just as I have been through these conversations. So let's dive in. All right, first up, mogul, entrepreneur, and pastor, Jamal Miller. Jamal is husband to Natasha, father of two daughters, CEO of Miller Media Group founder of Married and Young and the online campus pastor at All Nations Chicago. Today he's answering some of your top questions about dating. We talk about how he's an advocate for sliding into those DMs and can guys and girls really just be friends and the number one reason that guys are not asking girls out and it's not what you think. So let's get into this conversation. Welcome to their fine collective podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm so excited to have an incredible godly man with me this week, answering some of your top questions that you have about singleness, dating, and where in the heck are all those singly, singly, <laughs> single godly guys. So pastor and I'm going to call you mogul, Jamal Miller. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast. How are you? What's
1: going on, Kat? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me. We're going to have some good time together. Yeah, we are. I'm pumped.
0: And now I call you mogul because you are the CEO of Miller Media Group. You and your wife run multiple businesses. Can you just kind of quickly run through what it is that you do and why you do it?
1: For sure. So everything we do is definitely to, I would say, bring heaven to earth, but doing it in a way that is relevant and that is real and that is going after the people that truly have this sense of, hey, I want to have a better life because I'm realizing I'm jacking it up. And how do I do that? And we have a lot of people that back in the day it was they did run to the church but our generation are not. And I think there's a middle ground happening between people who are realizing they want to do better and then the church and there's this bridge and I believe it's called the internet. And (laughs) I am so excited to be one of the pioneers of helping to establish brands online that can help bridge people from their reality of I need to do better and I want to have a better life and connecting them to Jesus Christ. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. And so we are a company that creates and mobilizes brands that heralds God's voice through all forms of media. We have multiple brands that have different niches that help to uh, identify people's problems and pain points and then drive them and connect them to God. And so the first one that we launched Five years ago was married and young. And it was centered around those that were struggling in relationships, coming out of bad relationships, uh, broken, r- broken homes, broken marriages, divorced, uh, potentially even single longer than you thought. And mm-hmm. hey, how can we help you to get the thing that you desire most, which is okay? And that's called marriage and do it God's mm-hmm. way. So that's, um, that was married and young. And since then we've also launched some other brands that are helping people. But all in all, this has been just the ride of my life.
0: It's so incredible to hear. and I love I love what you said. like there's there our generation, I feel like spiritually feels really disillusioned um, and discouraged by a lot of what has unfolded in the church in recent years. And I love that you're using technology, you're using your voice, you're using your gifts to kind of shift that narrative and say, "Oh God is still good. Like the message is still real. Let's just enter it from a different from a different space. So I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing. And I'd love to hear, I love a good love story.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: You know, see it to believe it. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So could you tell me a little bit about how you and Natasha met and your story?
1: So our story is pretty cool. We met in one of the most unexpected places that you can meet someone, especially five years ago. This is still very taboo. And it was one of those things where I really was going after Cat like that love story. Like I wanted Mm. that story. I was like man I've been God I've been faithful to you i I am ready to give a woman all that I have, give her the best of me, give her the best of you God I'm ready to serve her. so I want this dramatic and amazing love story <laughs> where when I tell my kids, their mouth just drops and says all oh, daddy is such a romantic and you know <laughs> I just wanted that story right, and so, yeah, it did not happen that way at all, you know it actually happened. One day I was scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> there you have and, it. Um, So, yes, we met on Facebook. We're complete strangers. I was scrolling on Facebook one day, and I just saw a girl's post. And I was like, hey, this is when you knew on your news feed that you actually knew everybody. This is when mm-hmm. it was happening then now you don't know anybody on your newsfeed. And, um, and so I was going to my newsfeed and saw this girl that I didn't know. And I was like, how do I not know who this girl is? And so I went into her profile, did a little, you know, a little stalking and, you know, went to her, <laughs> yeah, a little blog. I was like, okay, girl, love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and she beautiful. What's up? And so, okay. Um, so from there, I just kind of played, you know, just kind of, you know, watching her online a little bit and and eventually I just got the I don't know what came out of me, the confidence of just you know sliding them DMs. And so I slid in the DM, reached out to her and said, Hey, my name is Jamal. You may not know who I am. I just, you know, I saw your post, just loved what you're doing, love your ministry, love your blog. This is super cool. Hey, if you ever have anything that I can encourage you on, just but I just want to encourage you, keep doing what you're doing. That was wow. it. And now wow. we're married, Kat. And so-
0: wow. <laughs> hello. Testimony to sliding into the DM. Yeah. See, ladies. It can work. It can work. <laughs> and so
1: there's a whole long story. If you want to check it out, you can go on YouTube and just type in Facebook love story, Jamal and Natasha, and you can mm-hmm. get the full story of it. But all in all, yes, it went from basically us messaging online to us meeting in person, dating for a few months or maybe about six months or so before I asked her dad for Natasha's hand in marriage. And from there, we've been rocking the game ever since. Wow.
0: Okay, so tell me, I, I definitely am going to check out this YouTube, but if you can just tell me, how did you get from the DM to real life? Because I think yeah. what so many women struggle with, for sure. I know I've struggled with it too, whether it's you're doing online dating, it's like you can get stuck pen palling with, with a guy. Yeah. And how, do you,
1: how did you get... Off the internet and in real life. For sure. Well, number one, I knew what I wanted. And so I told Natasha from the very beginning, Hey, I'm not just looking for another friend girl. Right. Or, you know, another girl to just build with, to be like, okay, a cool pal, a good, like, Hey, this is my homie. Like I was looking for a wife and I didn't tell her that, but I just say, Hey, you know, uh, once we got serious, I didn't tell her that in the first message or whatever. So, um, but the journey basically like, goes, I had a
0: dream that you're my wife. Oh, yeah,
1: no, I know I stay far, <laughs> far away from that. Please God help me. Lord Jesus. Those days are over <laughs> and done. I did do that. And I got, myself in a lot of trouble. And, yes. <laughs> and so, um, no, but for real, we, you know, basically we're messaging back and forth. And I'll be honest, Kat, I was super nervous. I was super concerned. I was super like, this girl was like all the way in California. There's no way this thing could be real, you know. Um, but it took one day me being at my pastor's home and my pastor actually asking me about my dating life. And he ran, mm-hmm. never did, never does this. And he's like, hey, what's going on with you? And like, are you dating anybody? Are you seeing anybody? You know, what's happening there? And I was like, you know what? That's a great question. Cause it ain't nothing happening. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, <laughs> you know, but I was like, and then when I said that though, because I didn't treat Natasha like she was a potential for real, for real. It was more like, hey, this is like a, something that would be cool, but that's a lot of work to go from online to meeting in person. And so mm-hmm. I kind of just put it on the shelf. But when he said it, I was like, and her name popped in my head. I was like, you know what, though? There's this girl in California. Her name's Natasha Simbrano. I said, we met online. It's kind of interesting. She's a really cool girl, loves God, heavily involved in ministry. He's like, so what's the issue? I was like, man, I was like, ugh. And he's like, what? I was like, I mean... I think she's, like, tall. <laughs> and so, and he's, like, what? And I was like, I was, like, and the only way for me to find out how tall she is, like, I would have to ask her. And that's, like, that's embarrassing, you know. And I'm not the tallest guy, cat, And so, uh, and so he was, like, what do you mean? Let's look at some pictures of her. So we go, we look at pictures of her, and they're, like, going through all of her photos. He calls his wife in, mm-hmm. just going through all her pictures. And he's, like, Jamal, I promise she's not taller than you. We guarantee she's not taller than you. Look how she's doing. We're comparing it. I was like, okay. He's like, he's like, Jamal, message her and tell her you want to get to know her more. You want to take it from online mm. to the phone. I'm like, that's a lot. He's like, hey, you, what do you have to lose? And so his encouragement really in supporting me really mm. helped me as a man to just take that next step to say, hey, and I reached back out to her. I have a screenshot. I may send it to you. You can put it up for your in your blog. Yes. But I have a screenshot of literally just saying, hey, Natasha, it's Jamal again. Hey, I don't do this at all but I've checked with my pastor, got his permission. And it's been really cool chatting with you online, but I really would love to kind of take things to the next level. And maybe we can chat on the phone. That was literally what Mm -hmm. I said. I said, just love to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. So I was really clear in my intentions and really clear in what I wanted. And once, you know, I just knew that she was going to respond back with like an ignore or get away from me. You creep. Like (laughs) I just knew it. And she did it. Like she was like, Hey Jamal, it's been really cool chatting with you too. Hey, I'm totally down. And if you talk to her, the thing that made her feel comfortable talking to me was because I mentioned mm-hmm. me talking with my pastor before talking, asking her to go on the phone to chat. Mm-hmm. And so I asked for Skype and she rejected Skype. She goes, hey, before we do the Skype, can we just do phone? I was like, oh, no, no, that's fine. That's totally cool. And so we went from basically online to then phone call and then phone call, maybe three or four phone calls. And then we finally did a Skype and did like a face-to-face thing. And then mm-hmm. um, probably a give or take of maybe three months of doing that I invited her to Chicago. Now, the reason was that my church was hosting a conference and my I said, hey, this would be a great chance for us to meet face-to-face. And if we don't like each other, it's okay because the weekend won't be based around us just being together. We will be Mm -hmm. at a conference to where if we don't like each other and we decide that this is not the best thing, best fit, you can enjoy the conference and go home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and be good. Like, versus if you come for a weekend and we don't like each other, that's just super awkward because you're only here just to see, like, me. And I didn't want that to happen. So we kept it very practical, very real about the reality Mm -hmm. of potentially what we feel on the phone and the connection emotionally may not be there physically in person. And we Mm -hmm. talked about that before she came and met me in person. And I, you know, definitely connected with some other ladies in our church. So she felt comfortable coming and ensuring that she was staying with someone from our church. So all the whole grounds of that, also, her family was very comfortable with it and everything. So it was a very well, I guess you can say, like protected moment. And so mm-hmm. and from there, once we met face to face, I mean, it was just like, oh, wow, like, you're just as beautiful in person as you are online. This is this is amazing. And so from there, you know, next thing I did was I traveled to California that a few months later to then meet her family in person. And then a few months later, she met my family and so forth. And basically from there, we got engaged.
0: Wow. Uh, there's. About 3,000 follow-up questions I have for you. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: That's um, so good. So it, it sounds like Natasha was a strong woman. She was, it sounds like she was chasing her dreams. She was chasing her calling and successful. And I think a lot, of, a lot of women reach out to me asking me this question. Are men intimidated by a woman with a successful career?
1: What do you think about that? The wrong man will be. Mm. At the end of the day, the wrong man will be intimidated and if he is, then he's not the right fit for you. Move on and just get over it. And so like, you do not want to be with a man that you have to be competing with and for the rest of your life. That is not the life you want to live. You are called to a purpose-driven marriage, which means it has to be a partnership, which means you guys mm-hmm. need to be at a place where you can work together. And that is something that is Very, very critical to a successful marriage is that you both seeing eye to eye on where you're going in regards to the marriage. And so, if he's already intimidated with you versus being inspired by you, that's what you want. You want a man who's inspired by your grind, inspired by your press to be uh, purpose and purpose driven, and to be a career woman or a ministry driven woman, whatever Mm. it is. Whether you want to be at home or whether you want to be in the career, he needs to be inspired by what you are motivated by. And so. That's the difference between a good man and a man that's potentially not the right fit for you is he'll be inspired. So we definitely, mm-hmm. you know, for my scenario, uh, I wanted Natasha to be a woman who desired to be OK with being around lots of people, ministry, because uh, I knew that's a life that I was called to. And she was very much like I didn't even tell her what I was you know, going after regards to my career, we just mm-hmm. talked about purpose. Like, it wasn't just like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, no, nah, like, what do you feel like driven by? Like, what motivates you that you would do for the rest of your life if you could do it absolutely, you know, where your bills are paid, everything taken care of, like, what would you spend your time doing, right? And it's just mm-hmm. like, as a man, I wanted to hear what she was driven by because I needed to know, do I feel the motivation and the connection to serve that thing in her? And then the mm-hmm. same thing for me, I want her to feel just as much connected and inclined to want to serve what God is doing in my life.
0: That even when you're saying that what comes to my mind is that the the idea of the list, yeah, like what to look for in a partner, what to look for in a person that you're dating. And something that I say a lot, Jamal, is dating is stepping off a curb, not a cliff.
1: Hmm, I love it. Like we go,
0: (laughs) (laughs) because we're like, date number one, is he my husband? Yes, ma'am. Like, how is he going to lead me? And can he pray for me? And what's he doing with his life? And I think those questions are really great questions. But I think it's like then— we enter into the first date and it's a job interview and it's like one strike, you're out. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm curious about is how how would you suggest like a woman staying connected to her values, what she wants in a spouse while also giving space to get to know someone, like what should she be looking for on that
1: first date? So one of the things that I have to tell every single person that comes in any of our programs is you have to first go through the process of divorcing the person in your head. Because we all go into a, a potential relationship already really looking at the type of person that we want. And that's been the person we've been getting to know in the between the periods of the times when we're meeting a real person. So when you're single and you're by yourself, you're building, quote unquote, this list of all the attributes and qualities. You're watching films. You're watching people's relationships. You're watching Instagram. And you're literally building your perfect person in your head. So when it comes time for you to actually meet a real person, you have to divorce mm. that person that you have built up in your head in order to get to know the person in front of you for who they are and stop comparing them to the person that you want to be with versus the person that you need to be with. And mm. that process is not at all easy. It's a very challenging process. And most people don't do it fully In the very beginning, it takes actually being in the relationship, potentially even getting married like me. I literally had to go through an entire process of my pastor talks about this as well of getting rid of that person and not comparing my wife to the person I thought that I was supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. And cat, I can tell you, I have a laundry list of my qualities that I thought I was going to be mm-hmm. with. I mean, everything down to, um, and even spiritual reasons of why I thought I was supposed to have a type of woman like this. I was going to marry a Hispanic, Spanish speaking, <laughs> short, high-heeled wearing woman who was bilingual because when we travel to the nations, she could be able to translate for me when I'm preaching. And she could be able, <laughs> like literally I had a whole reason. I was like, hey, we're going to be able to bridge the gap on interracial marriages and be able to be a fresh model and example. So be like, I had a whole thing of this woman in my head and why I'm supposed to marry her The calling. And you think when I met Natasha, I had to be like, time out. Who's this other girl that I've got to get rid of so I can give Natasha a real chance? Because she's a real woman who is not that girl. And she's going to have Mm. qualities maybe similarly to that woman, but she's not her. And so when you're doing that, like it really does open you up to seeing the person in front of you and not allowing yourself to potentially um, destruct or um, cause something that could be very beneficial to your life to lose it because you are Mm. comparing them to somebody that does not even exist.
0: Mm. That is such a good word. And I feel so challenged by it. And it makes me wonder, I think one of the, the biggest things that um, women come to me about, and as a single person in New York City, I've experienced it as well. In my church, it's eighty percent single people, mm-hmm. and I'll be at these parties, and I'm like, "Okay, everyone wants to be dating, mm-hmm. but no one is." It's like this big elephant in the room. Yes, ma'am. And I'm wondering, is it because we're so stuck on what you're talking about? Like we are so like, well, it needs to look exactly like this. Yep. It he has to be, you know, it's like we say physical attraction isn't number one. For sure. We're like, oh, I want him to love God. Mm-hmm. I want him to be a man of integrity. But then why aren't we all dating each other? Like what's the holdup? <laughs> exactly. And so like what do you what do you think of that? Like what why do you think a lot of guys and girls don't date within their own community? And what do you think? you think is holding us back
1: yeah i don't know if it's the fairy tale fantasy world of having this picture perfect relationship and we look at instagram and we see these match make relationships you know you've heard the, and i i'm biased to this phrase i want a relationship that looks like god put us together have you seen something like that before Right, I haven't, but
0: i I would love that as well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. It's like you like people like you look at the relationship and you're like, "Wow, you can tell God put them together, <laughs> and it's just like, do you understand the process that it go a couple has to go through to look like God put them together, right? You know what I'm saying, like it's not mm-hmm. something that's immediate, like it does take time for you and your spouse to become one, and the immediate moment of two people coming together looking good together is just infatuation. Right? It's not true oneness yet. And so you got to get out of the infatuation phase and get into the real phase of actually becoming one. And that, that stuff takes time. And I think what we want is that we, get, we think that our relationship is supposed to stay in infatuation, which is where you're looking at a person, you're just in awe of them. Mm. And when you are, so here's the reason why, what I'm saying, if you've been spending quite a bit of time, this is why a lot of people miss out on close friends because you become so familiar with your close group to where you've lost the opportunity to be infatuated. And that's why you're like, I don't really feel it with them. I mean, I've been around them. Nothing Mm -hmm. sparked, nothing went off, nothing triggered in me. My heart doesn't say anything. Well, it's because, yeah, you're not infatuated with them because you didn't meet them in a random moment at a bar or at a church conference and they're crying their eyes out and you look at them and you have this initial like, oh my God, that's the one right there. And (laughs) it's just like, we want that in all infatuation, crazy type moment and dramatic story to incline Mm. our heart to be able to connect because you're like, I can't explain what I'm feeling right now. Well, I'm going to tell you, your feelings don't know your future. And you've got to be very careful about relying on your feelings about something that's going to be a future thing in your life. Your feelings only know what you feel right now. And we all can attest to this because we've all had moments where you are feeling something strong and great about a person. And then the moment you begin to engage with them, get to know them immediately after you realize, oh my God, I don't feel the same way. So how can you trust something that immediately drove you to do something? Then you're backing out of it because you feel something different. That's why you say, I tell people, you cannot trust your feelings. You can only trust facts. And for you to sit there and not give someone a chance because you don't feel something for them, that's not fact. It's not fact until, hey, I gave them a chance. I went on the first date, second date, third date. And let me tell you why I'm not into them. Boom, 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 boom. That right there gives you an opportunity to truly evaluate a person from real time versus evaluating them from just I didn't feel a connection.
0: I want to pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it. Dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called six tips to activating your dating life with intention and clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there and honoring and might I also say fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So, hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So, whether you are married or you are a single girl, ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly/slash trw dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y/slash trw, stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. Let's talk about what it means for guys and girls to be friends. Exactly. there's, There's a couple of things that I'm curious to hear what you think about is A, do you think guys and girls can truly just be friends? Why or why not? And then also, I think what can happen. I don't know what it is to be a guy, but as sure. a girl, I think it's so easy to then get stuck in that friend zone. For and you're sure. like, I don't, I never wanted, I, I never wanted to be in that friend zone. Like, For sure. I wanted to get to know him, but I'm, I'm interested. And but now I feel stuck. Um. So can guys and girls be friends? And what do we do with that like dreaded friend zone?
1: So guys and girls can be friends. They can be best friends. Hmm. Because and when I say best friends, where it becomes like this person becomes your confidant, this person becomes someone that you reach out to in the moment when you need someone most is the person you reach out to where you're texting more than top three people in your phone. If you're doing that and they're just a friend, you're really getting into danger zone right? It's not even friend zone, it's danger zone, because that's going to cause your heart to begin to connect to them, whether it be them or you, someone's going to get connected and it's going to become very dangerous because then Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for someone to get hurt. And because expectations are starting to get a little cross in regards to, hey, is this person into me? Are they not into me? What's going on here? That's why I'm all about clear communication at all times throughout Mm -hmm. the friendship. And whenever a guy and a girl are building because friendship is the breeding ground for marriage. I am a big proponent that, relationships start out of friendship. For me and my wife, clearly we didn't have a chance to become like quote unquote like friend, friend, friends, but we still had a very strong time of just getting to know each other online, talking back and forth, chatting to where it became very cordial. We weren't like friend, friends where I was like texting her. What's up girl? What are you doing today? You chilling? You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like that, yeah. but it was very much like, hey, we were checking in. What's going on? How are you doing? You're doing good. But there was still an understood understanding, understood understanding. I'm not even sure if that's right. There was still <laughs> an, an understanding that I was still getting to know her for the potential mm-hmm. of a relationship. And that was clearly defined from the very moment that I said, I want to get to know you better. I'm not doing this just to become friends with you. I'm doing this because I'm looking to see if there's a potential relationship between us. And so I do believe that two people can be friends, but I will say that there needs to be very strong communication of what is the potential future of this. Do you see there being a potential with me at all? If not, please tell me that in the very beginning so I can set my heart right. I've been through cat a lot of emotional soul tie relationships where mm-hmm. There was not communication between me and the person. And eventually it led into us just becoming best friends, talking all the time, chatting all the time. And then I've had moments where my heart got hurt because the girl didn't see the same way. Literally, oh no. And like, when it came time for me to like move in, I'm like, hey, so we've been talking a whole lot. It's been really cool. It's been really great. You see, I've been talking to you a good bit. Like, Hey, like, I would love to, you know, see what's, what's next for us. Oh no, Jamal. No, no, no. You're like my big brother. Big brother. What? Mm. Big brother. What do you mean big brother? Like, yeah, what if, you know what I'm saying? Like, girl, like, if that was your big brother, why are you texting me at 12 o'clock? You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that was my, we should have priced, she should have communicated that while wow, I'm seeing Jamal is really talking to me a lot. Let me establish what this is before potentially he gets his heart hurt, right? Cause I'm not mm-hmm. seeing him that way. Same thing for the girl, you know? For a girl, please, if you, you know, I mean, for the guy, bro, if you know that you're talking with a girl and you're getting, you're chatting with her and you're texting her, bro, let this girl know, please, what your intentions are Mm -hmm. if you see, because guys like to feel the, they like to feel the girl out before they like say what they're really wanting. So like, cause mm-hmm. guys are fearful of rejection. I mean, at the end of the day, every dude does not want to get denied or rejected. It's just the worst thing ever. So you like to fill it out. So a dude will text, he'll he'll do different things. Every guy's got a different, I guess you can say like, you know, capacity that they like to fulfill before they feel it's time to move in, to tell the girl what they're really into and what they're really wanting. Some guys don't say it at all and they just like do it for the physical stuff. But I wanna, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to give that this is a man of God who's actually mm-hmm. wanting to do things right but the timing of when the they tell a girl that they're interested or they're not interested or whatever is can be very like, you know, different in every scenario, depending on how mm-hmm. long you've been friends, when you met, how you met, who you know, how long, how often you see each other. So many variables there. But at some point there needs to be a DTR. Right. Which is a determine the relationship. What are we doing? And so. That's like with every relationship. I even tell people to do that with their friends, like same sex friends. Like don't just be around here just having friends that you don't have a real purpose for what, how am I serving you and how are you serving me? I believe, and this is going to a whole nother flow, Kat, that if you are a bad friend, you're going to be a bad spouse. Like hands down, like it takes having the solid foundation of being a good friend to be a good spouse. Because ninety percent of your marriage is based upon the ability for you to simply be a good mm-hmm. friend. Communication, loyalty, commitment, um, <laughs> sincerity, compassion, insight, um, um, concern. All of those things are things you do in friendship that you need to have those things in marriage. So I always tell people, look at their friends and evaluate the quality of their friendships, and you'll be able to know from that if they are someone you want to link your life to. If they don't have any friends, that's a major red flag. If they don't talk about their friends, that's another major red flag because you want a person that has healthy friends friendships and not just a person that's gone from relationship to relationship to relationship, because that means that they're simply looking for that emotional feeling of feelings like somebody loves them versus that somebody is building a life with them. And so there's a difference, right? And so, yeah, so that's my whole flow there on friendships. So it's a a bit of a lot.
0: No, that I think that is so, you're, super, you're being super clear and I'm totally tracking with you. And my question that came up while you were talking is, so I think as women, we want the guy to initiate that mm-hmm. conversation. Like you're talking about be clear, a DTR, determine the relationship, like have these clarifying conversations. And as women, I think we want those conversations to be initiated by, by the man. guy. Yep. And I think that's a fair, that's a fair desire to to want. But it's not always but gonna do happen. Do you yeah, so it's not gonna always happen. Not at all. And do you think it's a deal breaker if that if he's not being that way? No,
1: it's not. Some guys are legitimately scared. Like for yeah. real. Like there are good dudes out there that just have not been trained and not been, I would say like, I would almost say it's it's like, you got to do like 1% of the guy population are the super forward and very like, Hey, like just that super, just like, I mean, natural, just go get her, get it done. Rah, rah, rah type Mm -hmm. guy. Like, and more like, that's just not majority of the guy population. And Mm -hmm. so you have to give a, give credit to give credit to that. In reality that your guy potentially is still learning how to lead. And, they're not going to come to you, this already ready-made leader. So you have to potentially be a partner in the process of helping him to become a more sufficient and secure leader. And a lot of women do desire to have a guy immediately come in and just know exactly what they want, know exactly why they're doing it, so exactly all these things. And it's just like, hey, there may be like, he may be a good dude that just hasn't had a lot of time learning those things. Um and you need to be able to, Nudge them on a little bit. Give me, you know, yeah. like give him a little, you know, give them a little something to be confident that you're into them. Like, I mean, little things. And I was a pretty confident guy, but I still had a lot of insecurity. Clearly, I didn't want to mess her because I thought she was taller than me. Like there's a, you know, a, <laughs> you know, our first date, Natasha picked up my legs. Like this, no, she's a, you know, my wife is the nicest and most sincere, loving, genuine, and caring person I've ever met in my life. But my our first date, we're downtown Chicago. She picks my legs up. She's like, "Oh my God, your legs are so small." I'm like, "Hey, girl. I, <laughs> hey, I mean, either you gonna take a small legs or you want a small bank account. Like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. I was like, you know, it, it, I came back with something smart out, like, right? It was go yeah. crazy. But the truth is, like, yeah, like you're gonna have moments where, like. You know, those securities are going to rub against each other. And that's why it's important Mm -hmm. to help each other versus like, you know, waiting for the guy to do everything. And when I say that, I mean, like, help him along a little bit. And if he doesn't respond to your assistance, then that's when you potentially may be at a place where he's just not ready.
0: So what does that look like? Can you maybe like paint a picture of what it would look like for a woman to enter into that space maybe start a conversation what would she say
1: yeah I'm definitely not proponent for for pursuing that's not what I'm a proponent mm-hmm. for I'm not a proponent for pursuing I am a proponent for potentially setting up the environment right it's like hey um I know there's these you know for example let's say we're in an environment of church and you got this guy that you're interested in and you're like hey you're like man I don't know if he's interested in me like a lot of people say like just wait until he comes up to you well maybe maybe he just you know, it's just maybe that's just not the scenario for him. And you potentially need to set up to where you could be the person that initiates the opportunity for all of you and a few friends and him and a few friends to get together and see if it makes it a little bit more a way for him to then recognize you and see you, right? Like mm-hmm. you didn't like directly go up to him, but you set up the opportunity for him to recognize you and see you and then boom, right? So like, I'm saying like, you know, do those things. If he doesn't recognize you in a small group, then yeah, you probably need to just go ahead and move forward and move on. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like guys will, when they see something that they like, yeah, they will make their, they'll make a way to be around you. Like I've seen that at church time at the time again, when people yeah. have seen like, they didn't see each other at church. They um, met each other like at like a like an outside church event and then they'll realize they go to the same church. And then like literally that guy walks into that church knowing that you go to church there. Now he's looking for you if he's interested, like Mm he he's looking for you for real. And so like but he still may have a little bit of hesitation about putting the opportunity to go up to you because he's maybe like like because, for example, let's say you're around a bunch of girls all the time. Like, that's intimidating for a potential guy. It's like, okay, I don't wanna go around her because now all her friends can be like talking about me. But then, like, it could be like waiting for the right moment when you're like maybe with one person. And so it's not as intimidating, or maybe whenever you're like walking to your car by yourself. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, guys are literally mm-hmm. calculating the right moment in time to approach you. And that's why I clearly the internet has been a huge first base for a lot of guys because it's so much easier to DM you <laughs> and Slack yeah. you and comment you and and, and do that stuff online because the opportunity for rejection is so much less than walking up to you in person and you giving me a crazy face because you're wondering mm. why the heck are you talking to me?
0: Yeah, man, that makes so much <laughs> sense. And I feel like that speaks into this question that so many people, women and men I'm sure experience like why is he swiping right on me online but ignoring me at church (laughs) like the stakes probably feel higher like with what you're explaining that that just makes a lot more that it makes sense um and it also makes sense like if I have a crush on a guy and he is surrounded by all his bros like (laughs) yeah you're not at a party at a bar at church I'm like I'm not going to go up there like that's I feel like I'm feeding myself to the wolves. Exactly. And yeah. So just creating that space for a conversation yep. or looking and smiling. Exactly. Making eye
1: contact. Making eye contact. Um, there you go. Just showing him so, like, oh, wow, like, man, like, is she looking at me? Oh, I think she really is looking at me. Like just showing and doing it in a very, very friendly and just like, you know, flirtatious way that's okay as long as you aren't like hear my thing hear me when I say this if you're talk if you're talking about doing this at your church, be very careful that you don't do this every three months with a new guy because you will get branded <laughs> right as like the flirty girl. You know what I'm saying? Like and so like yeah bro she was flirting with me three months you know like you gotta space these opportunities out. So like every six months to a year, you know, you, you can you know get your eye on a new person and and you can do the whole flirty thing with the getting their attention and the whole piece there. It's fun mm-hmm. stuff. And it's okay. Like, like I said, like I'm very much like I come from the world of the God pursues woman. You don't do nothing. You be quiet and sit in your prayer closet and be in pray and that he'll see you and recognize you. And until then right. Like I come from that. Like I'm a both. And like, I'm all about, Hey, like, you know, definitely don't play the whole like hide and seek thing. Right. But I'm also at the place of like, Hey, let's, Be a little bit more okay with coming out from the closet and pray and ask God to give you the heart and patience to uh, have the beauty that a man sees beyond just your uh, outward beauty, but they see your inward beauty Mm -hmm. and pray those prayers and do the whole piece there. But then you've got to step outside the closet and put yourself in the position for God to see that and also not just see your outward, but also see your inward. And the only way to see your inward Mm -hmm. beauty is for him to get to know you and to talk Mm -hmm. to you. And so forth, and so, um, and I'm all about when I got a room full of guys. Hey, bro, don't be scared of failure. Don't be scared of the rejection. Like, make shoot your shot. Like, this is a part of manhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, developing the ability to go after what you want and you desire to have. You just got to go after it. Like I said, for me, I say that because I know how I felt before even messaging Natasha. If we would have been like in a person event or. I probably would have never approached her because I was so fearful of rejection. And so that's why I love the internet so much because it kind of lessens that down a lot. And so, but all in all though, like, yes, men are very much at a place of like, I don't want to be denied. So Mm. how can I limit that? Especially if they come from that background. So my encouragement to dudes is like, hey, bro, get over it. It's okay. Let Christ give you that confidence and security that if she says no to you, like your life is not over God has the one for you. You'll be amazed cat. Guys need just as so much as encouragement as girls.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're I think it's so funny that I feel like all these girls and women, grown women sit in corners and they're like, why isn't that guy? He needs to man up. Like, why is he? won't he talk to me? I'm like, you're too scared to go talk to him. Like, you. Wh- like, what if he feels just as scared as you feel? And they're like, like, well, I
1: don't want a guy like that. Well, then you got you're talking about 90% of the freaking yeah. population. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> and you're standing like these women, we're standing there with our arms crossed. Like, we're angry and there's no guys. I'm like, so first of all, he's scared of rejection. <laughs> And and then you're standing there with a big chip on your shoulder, <laughs> and then you're saying there's no good guy. So he's like, man, like, why would I even try? So I just think, like, women, like, what if we had space for someone to be on a journey, and what if we operated out of grace that now, now we are all on the equal playing field? We're we all like we all share the same fears. Yep. We all want and we all want to be loved, seen, accepted, known. Now. And so I'm just like, what if we just dropped the chip on our shoulder? Like, I just wonder if there would be a lot more relationships.
1: No, you are speaking some legit truth because (laughs) I think that we've got to catch up with the times that you're talking about men today coming from 50% divorced homes where their dad potentially stop desiring their mom or potential mm. guys that are coming from broken homes where their dad was not even in the home. You're talking about men that are on the rise of potential uh, guys that were very so career and ambitious that they never ever even cared about being romantic to their mom. So they were in the home, but they never showed how to lead and how to be that man that takes care of his family and takes care of his responsibilities. So like you have all these different, um, hits against men in today's era that are causing men to be raised by potentially no man or a man who wasn't there. And how many men are left that were raised by a good father that taught him how to love a woman, who taught him how to uh, give a woman the ability to feel secure and safe, taught him how to talk and communicate to a woman, taught him how to be secure in his manhood and his identity, to pursue a woman and know that it doesn't affect your identity. How many of those men are out there? But the only way for us to Close that gap is to be a part of the process of praying that there are men being raised up by men, other men, because I take it, I believe it takes a man to raise a man. And so mm-hmm. this is something that I'm not saying it has to be a father, but praying for mentors into these bids' life, praying for leaders, pastors to take men by the hand and begin to develop and raise them up. Those are your future husbands out there. Mm-hmm. And to think that they're just being developed by space and air and time is a fairy tale. Hollywood my friend is a fairy tale. When you look at men on Hollywood, those are not real men. Those are fake mm-hmm. men. And so you have to think to the time that we're in where manliness, manhood and fatherhood is under attack. And that is a direct issue that we're having to addressed today to where now we're having to now see women having to take the place of a man, quote unquote, and it's not healthy and it's not okay. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, how do I be a part of the solution versus just complaining about the problem?
0: And so you would say, it sounds like you'd and say like the whole number rant. one thing.
1: That was a whole rat cat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it was perfect because you literally, like, I'm taking notes while we're talking because you're like flying through these questions that I'm not even having to ask you. It's amazing. Um, it sounds like the number one, what I hear you say is the number one thing that as a woman I can do in, 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 light of that question of where are the men and hearing you know product of 50% or more of divorced homes like father absent fathers like not knowing not being taught these these tools to what does it mean to be like connected to your masculinity in a healthy way is prayer, like getting on your knees and praying. Is that, is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. So I'm at a place right now where I'm definitely saying for women to be a part of the solution by definitely number one, going to God about it. Instead of going to God about where is my future husband, let's go to God about praying for him and praying for other future husbands as well. Mm-hmm. Not just being like, God, where is he? Why isn't he come? What am I doing wrong? What am I, what am I not doing, God? Dah, 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 dah. God, I'm going to take responsibility as a woman to cry out to you on the behalf of every man that is out there struggling in their identity, struggling in their manhood. And these, whether it's my future husband or my friend's future husbands, I'm crying out for them now that there'll be a, a, a intervention in their life, an encounter with you that would transform them to a place of realizing that they need you more than anything else. Like, Take your prayers to God about the men in regards to praying for them versus praying, you know, um, that this is not happening fast enough and you're Mm. mad and upset and destroyed that you're not married yet.
0: That's so good. I think that's some of the most practical insight (laughs) that I've heard from anyone on dating because it's like we're going to God complaining. It's like we're like sitting down like, just how do I? I'm so hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just God. I'm so hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up and go to the kitchen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, go make yourself a sandwich. Yeah. So We've got to take responsibility
1: like, for the fall yes. of man. This is the effect of sin in our world that's causing all of this. And so we've yeah. got to take responsibility. And like you said, like, get up and do something about it. And let's change the game, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. Man, Jamal, I seriously... Wish that we could talk for four more hours because we're just been scratching so much the surface. Fun. Yeah. But I just want to thank you so much for your insight and um just your your wisdom. You've walked the walk and your your heart is just to invest into the next generation and you're doing it. I feel so encouraged and challenged by our conversation. So I just want to thank you and acknowledge you for
1: your time. Thank you so much, Kat. No, this has been so fun and I'm so at a place of just like praying for more, um, you know, for more platforms like this, that God can continue to get his word out in regards to marriage, dating, relationships, to help singles, to really do it right, to change this thing around. Because I believe that marriage truly is the vehicle that God uses to change our society. It was the first in, um institution before the church that God created for societal and transformational change in our world. And so I believe God cares a lot about it. And because of that, I care a lot about it.
0: Yes. Amen, so and you, thank I thank you to you. Agree. Ah, thank you to all you of us. Thank you, God. Yeah, you are a part <laughs> of the
1: solution, girl. Come on, somebody. Thank
0: you, and thank you, Instagram, for connecting us. Talk about the internet. You hey, know, um, I'm so grateful. Um, so okay, real quick, how can people follow along with your journey and what you're up to?
1: Cool. Yeah, guys. So the best spot to go is go to Instagram at Jamal Miller. Check me out there. Please follow me. I do stories every day, whether it's myself talking about love relationships or talking about family, marriage, take you behind the scenes and really show you the deep stuff that's happening with my family, my girls, raising them and all the above and as well our business stuff that we do. And you can follow my wife as well. She's more beautiful and amazing than I am, I promise. (laughs) And you will be a lot more, got a little bit more kick out of her. And uh, (laughs) Her her, her Instagram handle is at Natasha. Miller. Um, and so you can go check her out and follow her as well.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jamal. And I hope to meet you guys in real life at some point because y'all are y'all are the moguls that are changing the game. Thanks,
1: Kat. This has been so (laughs) much. Watch out,
0: Beyonce and Jay-Z. We got a new couple in town. (laughs) Prophesy cat.
1: Come on now, declare (laughs) it. Come on, (laughs) come on. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so Uh, cool. Thanks a lot for allowing me to be on. This has been so much fun.
0: For sure. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refine Collective Podcast. I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love, and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So, if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes search The Refined Collective Podcast and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search The Refined Collective, subscribe, and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.